in Kansas anymore. Are you ready? Now I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and nuke the entire site. Dodge head. Hello listeners, I'm Billy, and to mark International Women's Day, on this podcast we will be discussing films that you can watch with children and young adults that have fantastic female role models or characters. Joining me today to show off their knowledge of great women and girls in film are Lucy, our Head of Education, who you will have last heard discussing our education team's fantastic outreach work with Matt Lane from the Eastside Educational Trust. Welcome back Lucy. Thank you for having me, I'm thrilled to be here. And also we'll be joined by Ben, a member of our compliance team, who you may remember recommending some fantastic festive films in our Christmas podcast. Hello again, Ben. Hello. And I'm sure you'll be recommending some fantastic film recommendations as you did in the Christmas podcast. Hopefully. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Right, Ben, do you have any recommendations for the listeners of great female role models at you? How about you start with a recent one first? Well, with the Lego Movie and the Lego Movie 2, we've got the character of Lucy, a.k.a. Wildstyle, who is voiced by Elizabeth Banks. She's as tough as nails and thoroughly independent. And that's never more evident than in the second Lego Movie when she's abducted by aliens and taken prisoner by the sinister, shape-shifting queen whatever a wannabe. <laughs> Fantastic name. It is, isn't it? They're all great. I mean, I'm thinking of changing my name to Wildstyle in tribute to these films. I think you should. Uh, She quickly realises that she can't rely on the endearing but hapless Emmett or the vain and simple Batman to rescue her, so she sets about liberating herself and in doing so discovers that there's more to Queen Whatever a Wannabe and her fearsome general mayhem than meets the eye. Uh, The Lego films are interesting ones for us to classify because it's easy to see how some of the violence might need to be placed at a higher category if it was live action or if it didn't have the same comic tone and the fantasy element. So you might find yourself thinking, should this be PG or even higher? And and say to yourself, well, there are weapons used. Yes, but it's Lego. (laughs) And then there's punches and there's kicks. Yes, but it's Lego. And then you say, but somebody's head gets chopped off. Yes, but it's Lego. It's really interesting you should say that because we've um, even had that instructive lesson from children as well. I've had children mm. as young as sort of four or five when I've shown a clip and said, oh, you know, this this might be a bit scary, but it's OK. And they've said, do you understand that you can put the head back on? <laughs> and I, which I think, you know, is, is a very instructive thing for us to always remember what it's like to be a four-year-old or five-year-old when you're thinking about a youth film and how they're going to react. What I also like about them, and which I think is really productive, whether you're watching it with a four-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 44-year-old or whoever, is that the character of Lucy reflects on her role as a role model and whether, you know, Emmett getting all the glory sometimes is necessarily right. And I think that the Lego Movie and the Lego Movie 2 really do mark this shift in kids' films which allow people to explore things that are quite complex, like uh, gender roles, stereotypes and things like that. So why I, I love Lucy most of all is that, A, she's a nerd underneath and that's what we all really want, isn't it, <laughs> from our action heroes. And also that she has some brilliant moments of realisation and um, yeah Mm. so I think it's they're really good too to think about so why don't we stick with animation again um, and why don't we go for a cult classic Ben how about you tell me about My Neighbour Totoro yeah very different to the Lego movies it's uh, at times very gently paced and with a slow building story about two young girls Satsuki and Mei who move with their father to a, a new house in the countryside and we see them explore the new surroundings and let their imaginations run wild as they encounter various mysterious creatures in and around the new home. 
The girl's mother's in hospital recovering from an illness and the father is preoccupied with his work so the girls have a lot of freedom to roam around but they also need to look after one another as they deal with some difficulties and anxieties. And the slow pace of the film uh, in the early scenes only adds really to the excitement and charm of the fantasy sequences that come a bit later on. It's one of the early features from the Japanese animation studio Ghibli. Uh, many of the films that followed it would also feature complex young female characters such as Kiki in Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke and then uh, Chihiro in Spirited Away. And these are all very independent and capable girls who have to overcome various challenges through their own initiative and hard work. And they're all really exciting adventure stories too. There's a mixture of U's and PG's amongst the films that I've just named. I think that's such a great set of examples too. Um, I really liked Ariati as well because she's rising above being so tiny diddly and Mary and the Witch's Flower more recently. So they encapsulate sort of older films and newer films. They're probably ones that um, parents might have watched when they were younger that they can watch with their kids. I always like films that appeal to all the different generations and I think that those films really do. So those were a couple of really lovely examples from the animated world with some amazing fantastical elements to it. Sticking with um, fantasy, Lucy, have you got any thoughts at the U category? Well, one thing, I mean, I, I thought we could talk about was um, reoccurring characters and characters, as I was saying, with those Ghibli films, characters that maybe parents and even grandparents remember watching when they were children mm. and which reoccur. And I thought, what a brilliant opportunity given uh, Mary Poppins Returns coming out at Christmas. I've seen lots of film reviewers talk about watching it as one of the first films they watched when they were younger. And then we've now got this new Mary Poppins. Mm. So from a classification point of view, it's really interesting because we know that the audience is coming with a form of expectation, mm. only mild, but we know that they know that the, the sort of thing they're going to get mm. so it was fascinating to see Mary Poppins Returns and how it did several things to help us focus on the characters including as you say mixing fantasy and reality and that's mm. something we really have to think about when we're classifying films because we know that the younger the audience that they're going to react in different ways and we want to make sure that they understand what's real and what's not and what both these films do in quite an interesting way is take really quite grown up ideas and in the first Mary Poppins films sort of hints at marital discomfort and disquiet between mm. the Bankses the political activism of the children's mother and perhaps the fact that the children are acting out a little because they're getting rid of all these nannies all the time. And of mm. course, it's not some sort of big social drama. It's a comedy and it's a fantasy and it's a sort of work about love and, and, and faith and the future and all those things. But it's interesting that it captures that, even that original one with Julie Andrews. One thing um, it also did was capture nighttime at London and nighttime we know that is something that children think about a lot and sometimes can be sort of an area that some kids are afraid of, the dark and things okay. like that. And both the Mary Poppins films have this element of what happens when, when think you're outside the normal realms of things. So I thought they were quite interesting comparisons. What we found with the first one, I mean, it's been a sort of you forever and everybody knows mm. it and loves it. It's also a good example of a you that can uh, massively emotionally impact on you because I don't think I've ever got over the very first time I saw uh, that the window changed. And what I thought was interesting with Mary Poppins Returned is that captured all of that in a sort of slightly different way for a new audience. And we had Mary presented again as intelligent, as thoughtful, as interesting. And we also had the same 
counterbalance of much more realistic things going on in the background and mm. the sort of tearful moments in that film perhaps came a bit earlier with the sort of idea of things never being lost but being left behind and these very sad songs which are referring to the father's loss of his wife mm. and the theme of bereavement and we do have to again it's interesting at the U category what do you do with such a big and upsetting theme that's upsetting again however old you are whether you're four or a hundred and four and what the film does is allows us to interact with those characters and learn but also gives us moments of relief and comedy to to help us Mary's such an excellent presence isn't she she's sort of holding our hands as the audience as well as the kids hands I think in the film I mean obviously both of them are U's um, because we felt that they were really family films but I mean do you cry at Mary Poppins Ben? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there's uh, there's so much going on, isn't there, with the music and uh, the characters are so sort of richly drawn. Even though, even though they're sort of fantastical and um, you know not 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 realistic characters, they're, they're very relatable and you know, it's difficult not to be drawn into the stories. I think that's very true about Mary. I think there's also something quite interesting about how she contains her emotions, especially in Mary Poppins Returns, mm. and that kind of helps helps the audience feel able to contain their emotions it's it's a very controlled way of dealing with a difficult theme and that is what we're looking for because you can have complex themes at you just as you can have uh, you know complex themes at PTE and 12A and 15 and even 18 and it's important that that even these films aimed for younger children do have these complicated stories but that they're told in a way that help everyone feel safe as it goes through and I think that they're really interesting examples and also as perhaps is evident I love them and I want to be Mary Poppins. (laughs) I mean in she is such a fantastic leader as well as um, throughout both of those films she's teaching and learning um, herself as well as the as well as the children and it is a really just so as you say it is such a wonderfully encapsulating um, story and also character for the whole family so yeah. it's just so so wonderfully placed at you, you know. and she's so much fun as well I mean I think it's also important that some of the films we watch with uh, female leads that are engaging they're fun she's fun she's a laugh isn't she I would like to go swimming through the drain pipe with her and into the crazy world underneath the bath I think she's 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 a laugh and I think that that is important yeah, mischievous mischievous is mm. a really good word for it yes Absolutely bang on. Um, so now that we've, uh, I think we've thoroughly covered off you and we've got some fantastic examples of some exceptional female characters and role models at the U category. Uh, Lucy, could you um, give us maybe a pick um, at the PG category that has great women at its heart? One film which I think really captured people's imagination, again, uh, across the ages, but very specifically younger girls and teenage girls and young women when I spoke to them was the film Hidden Figures Mm. and it might not be your first thought of what would be a PG film that would have appeal to younger audiences it's a film set in a particular time in the 1960s it's about three women Catherine, Mary, Dorothy who are all women with gifts in terms of what we would now call STEM but in terms of maths and science and engineering and computing the very early days of computing when computers were enormous and they work at NASA and because of the segregation at the time all the black women are kept together in a sort of pool where they're kind of uh, utilised as a resource but ignored and these three women along with the other women but the film just covers them have skills that they want to utilise more broadly because NASA is really excitingly in the film 
preparing for um, the first shuttle launches and the sort of getting people into space. But what the film does, I think, that's so beautiful is it explores these extremely complicated ideas, institutional racism, historical racism, identity, frustration, working in multiple communities and having to count out people in certain situations. So there's a long, very delicately created trope in the film of whether our protagonist will get her name written onto a report or whether Mm. the man will take the credit, a white man, of course. So the film tackles that and it also tackles gender discrimination as well. So it's also looking at just how the women have to behave, how the women have to have a skirt just below the knee, the sort of world these characters lived in. So it's it's a serious enough film, but it's not as serious as that description perhaps makes it sound. It's also an incredibly light-touch film. It's about maths and it's about doing something really important with your brain. And I don't think there have always been enough films about women who can do that. Mm. It's about people who are uncelebrated and hidden in history. Well, it's also always amazing to watch films about stories that aren't as well known as they perhaps should be. And frankly, these three characters are superheroes. There's one scene where... Um, a character's climbed up a ladder to finish an equation that's so enormous it takes up almost a whole wall. And I honestly think that's heroic. I think it's amazing. So you've got this... Because they didn't have calculators. They had her brain, and that's how they get them up into space. So I think that the film does something quite interesting because it starts off looking at these themes of discrimination and they are present throughout Mm. and the film has very clear messages about how we need to learn from history and really buck our ideas up as a you know as a global community and all the rest of it but at the same time it captivates you into something else which is about resilience it's about power it's about using your skills and using your heart and using your mind and that's why if, if this was a competition for the best superhero I, I might be talking about these computer scientists and engineers and mathematicians in that breath as well because I think what they do is amazing in that film but also I have found that young children have enjoyed it immensely. It's a PG. It's not a PG like Goosebumps or a sort of traditional kids film, an action Mm. adventure film. This is something different. It's a drama. It's got some language in it. It's got some discrimination. It's got some tension because obviously it's tense whether the... um, whether the space shuttle's going to malfunction or break or all the rest of it. But at heart, it is an adventure story and... It takes you into another time and another world, much like recent episodes of, say, the Doctor Who with the female Doctor have done mm. and allows us to, to think about people's roles and their skills. And I think that that's really useful. But kids really hook onto it, too. They love it. I've had so many children come and tell me how much they enjoyed that film. And I thought that's so brilliant because it's not a traditional children's film, but it's got this mass appeal. It's got such a, a really wonderful way of um, showing the joy of learning as well. Um, Catherine, the main character, she really loves learning. She's just, um, you see that throughout her childhood. And there's a lovely scene with her teacher when her teacher just turns to her parents and says, I've never seen a mind like your daughter's. And that's such a lovely scene to see in a film that is a predominantly about women who are very clever but they're also quite fun as well so they're just really fully formed characters and just generally an absolute joy to watch I think what we've been putting together that's that's an important thing to think about isn't it that characters that are not just ciphers or don't just represent you know the love interest or take those tropes and move them on and that's what I like about him because the joy as well is very good and that women of colour are at the front and centre of that film 
Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a great, great example um, at the PG category. Um, so also at the PG category, we've got some slightly lighter texts and also another animated film. And I was going to make a bid for Vanellope um, of Ralph Breaks the Internet. So Lucy, could you uh, give us a little bit of a synopsis of why Vanellope is such a wonderful character? Oh, I know. I love Vanellope. I like her because she's adventurous. I like her because she's go-getting. I like her because she wants new things and I like her because she doesn't care. So she gets on with stuff, and I find that really invigorating. Um, I also like her particularly in the... Well, I liked her in both films, but in Ralph Breaks the Internet, there is something so magical about her adventurous spirit and how far she's prepared to go, and the scrapes and problems she gets into while she's trying to do that. But what I also think is fantastic about Ralph Breaks the Internet is much like going back to Lucy Wilde style in the Lego movie films, is that... There's a lot of interrogation about what it means to be a female best friend character in a film and indeed what it might be like. She meets a number of other characters, for example, from other films. And one thing she asks this group of female characters, you know, is, you know, she starts talking to them about their role as princess and they start saying, oh, yeah, you know, do, do you like not get the credit? You save the world and everything. And um, so they talk all about what tropes there are about being a woman, perhaps slightly passive, perhaps known for being pretty, perhaps not getting the recognition you deserve in the film for your role. And then they sort of bring it up to date in this amazing sequence where they start changing out of their like iconic clothing. And there's just this wonderful inversion where they start dressing like Penelope and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, like these are so much more comfortable and practical. And you've got this sort <laughs> of really emergent theme of these sort of like this new wave, if you like, of female characters. And I think that that really was a sort of spirited and interesting take. One of the reasons why it sits at PG rather than you is it looks at more complicated ideas in films that we always say once you get to PG, you're talking of someone 8, 9, 10, 11, key stage 2, older in primary school, probably having longer books read to them or, mm. or even reading them themselves and coming across different material online and, and, and offline and all that sort of stuff. And I think what they do with Wreck-It Ralph is they take this a very uh, squeaky and fun and bubbly character and they put her into a game which is slightly more grown up which is a sort of car racing game and there's nothing nasty in it it's not representing a particularly nasty game but it is in a sort of spiky bit of town where everything's a little bit tasty and you never know if you're going to get into a fight yeah and there's an element of danger and um so it takes racks it up into this sort of pg danger quite interestingly and when you're watching it what's quite interesting is that that ralph and vanellope anchor us in a sort of safer world so we feel okay in a film that's about exploration because of course it's about the internet about how you can explore anything mm. but actually what might be better are resilient choices that, that are made based on thinking about past experience and how you can do things and we watch Vanellope in this lesson and one of the things she learns is that you know you have to be careful online you have to think about what you're doing but another thing she learns is that you can find inspirations you weren't expecting mm. and there is a wonderful sort of moment of her and a female character in this new game talking about what it's like to want to have horizons that take you beyond what you've been given in a sort of metaphorical way. This is, of course, what Vanellope's done. She's been in a game with a race that she's been repeating and repeating and repeating. And it's like, what happens if I get more opportunities? Will my life be different? And I find that sort of quite an interesting 
I mean, I've, I've again, I've got a terrible habit of making things sound quite serious. I mean, <laughs> Wreck, -It, Wreck It Ralph is a sort of knockabout comedy. I mean, we're hugely popular. Kids all talk about it when we go into primary schools. But it is wonderfully successful at, at, at looking at that broader horizons and sometimes with, with characters sometimes feeling comfortable in staying in what they're doing as oh, yeah. well as, as well as, as you say, finding new horizons as well. So it's, it's as you say, it's really, it's a fantastic way of... Um, talking about those more complex ideas and concepts of growing up potentially in a really quite fun and approachable way for a younger audience potentially absolutely I mean I would say that a film like Inside Out also did that so we it's it's a really interesting move beyond and of course it allows parents and kids to sort of yeah revel in the past and the future that's what I quite like about it that they've got the same Disney princesses that they're meeting, the same film icons, the same websites that parents and children we know use or know about, and that's their conversation. It's a very modern way of thinking about those themes. I would say that Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet was a fantastic example of that, and I just love Wreck-It Ralph. It's it's one of the biggest laughs that I've had in the cinema in quite a long time. It was so much fun. And Ben, do you have anything to add at the PG category that you thought was a particularly good example? One of the less surprising results in this year's Oscars, I thought, was the animated feature category, which was won by Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, as was widely anticipated. And certainly the technical accomplishment and the range of animation styles that it exhibits account for its success but I think part of its popularity has been down to its underlying message which is that anybody can be Spider-Man or can be a hero in their own lives in their own way. One of the crucial ways that that message is delivered is through the character Gwen Stacy. Uh, now we've seen Gwen Stacy in Spidey films before, she was played by Bryce Dallas Howard in Spider-Man 3 from 2007 and then by Emma Stone in the Amazing Spider-Man films from 2012 and 2014. Um, but this time it's different and Gwen is not merely a love interest for the main man in fact she also does whatever a spider can <laughs> hey, I love it this new uh, this new version of Gwen is voiced by Hayley Steinfeld who by the way is also very good in another good movie from 2018 the uh, Transformers film Bumblebee there's a lot more to this Gwen than just a pretty face she's a drummer she beats up villains left right and centre she's got this cool sort of hooded outfit and she's got a boss undercut hairstyle as well and she takes no, no, no nonsense from any Anybody. And I think that's a long overdue move uh, to introduce a more inclusive attitude to the characters that surround Spider-Man because he's always been seen as a sort of people's superhero that everyone can identify with. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a PG rather than a U because there's a little bit of bad language and some violence with headbutts and punches and whatnot and a small amount of blood and bruises. I was thinking of a recommendation for a 12A at International Women's Day and um, without a doubt we can't not mention um, Star Wars Last Jedi because we've found um, through our education team speaking to students in their classrooms that girls and boys want to play Rey and she's a great example of a well-rounded and independent character in the film who is a girl so um, why don't you give us a bit more info on Star Wars Last Jedi? Yeah, well, I have to say, before my youngest son was born, I was lobbying without any success for Ray as a potential girl's name, which I think would have been perfect because my other son's name is Luke. <laughs> but um, I have to say, I don't think I've ever been as excited about going to work as I was the day that I saw on my viewing programme, 9am, Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Oh, man. And uh, as well as Ray, we've actually got at least four really interesting female roles mm. in that film. Um in fairness, the Star Wars franchise does have a, a 
quite a good history of interesting female characters from uh, Princess Leia, who appears in this film as well. Uh, And then you've got a new character to the franchise, Rose. Um, And you've also got the rather divisive uh, Laura Dern character, Vice Admiral Holdo, who I think by the end is more sympathetic than she first appears and Mm. certainly seems to share a lot of the characteristics that you associate with heroes on the rebel side. She's a, 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 you're you're right, she's a fascinating character because I have to say, obviously one thing we're talking about is watching this these films with younger children or with teenagers or whatever Mm. and that sort of group experience and what I love about the Star Wars franchise as you say is that I think uh, every film there's somebody for you and so obviously now I'm old for me (laughs) for me the Laura Dern character was my Ray, and I my heart almost cracked in two (laughs) during that film and I I was honestly honestly inspired by Princess Leia all over again because how brilliant to see a woman that age being the boss of everything and being a commander so I think there's something for everyone however old you are. No, absolutely. I think Rose is also a really interesting character because unlike some of the other female heroes of the Star Wars films, it doesn't come naturally to her to be this brave, heroic figure. Mm. Um, I think she, she has to kind of discover it within herself as she goes along and she, she has this uh, adventure thrust upon her very reluctantly. Um, but by the end, we've all gone on this journey with her and find that we're sort of cheering her on. It really just shows how complex the Star Wars universe is and what a fantastic selection of characters that um, that, that uh, story actually encapsulates. Um, Lucy, have you got any other recommendations at the 12A category for um, inspiring female characters? I thought I'd hand this over in a way to the young people we speak to, especially those in the sort of 11, 12, 13, 14 age group, where mm. we know that they're making lots of independent decisions, but also their parents are checking age ratings too. That's what they told us in the guidelines. So this is a group where there's quite a lot going on in terms of the complicated and interesting and challenging works you can watch. So, for example, the Hunger Games films have produced this incredible female character in Katniss Everdeen who has captured imaginations and has been doing since the first film came out. We mm. found so much interest in her, again, from from boys and girls, from, from parents as well, talking about this quite interesting character who is a bit reluctant in many ways and who is forced onto this journey of growth and a journey which rejects some of our sort of traditional ideas of what hero really means and, mm. and what fame means and what 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 um, courage even means and, and you know the whole film explores that through its male and female characters actually mm. and perhaps we round off with perhaps the super queen of all of it um, all, all of these amazing female role models who is still kind of the inspiration for so many of the kids we talk to and who's also really interesting in classification terms because um, the character's been in PGs and 12As and she's been through so much and that's Hermione who really does stand out. I mean, so does Ginny. I mean, even Mrs Weasley has her her feminist credentials but I think Hermione really has taken on an interesting role in dictating how, how young girls can identify with heroic characters in films and she's so brilliant and so many young girls and boys talk to me about her about those films about how brave she is about how smart she is about how Mm. resilient she is and about also how they've watched her grow up and change as a hero 
for them. And um, even this week, I was speaking to some teenagers and one came up to me and told me how she had grown up with those films and those characters and how she had learned about things like classification and media studies. She was now a media studies student, but she was talking about how watching those films had made her think about the films that she watches and how characters work and how stories work and all those things. And also, you know, what was right and how when she was little, the PG films were quite scary, but then they were all right. And then the 12A ones were even more scary and how complicated the final films are for them because they then love these characters so much and so I think Hermione has to be my like number one top top example of a female role model in the, the film Absolutely. Well, I mean, Lucy's just taken the uh, words right out of my mouth. And Ben, I'll ask you the question that Lucy just expertly answered. What would you say is your favourite female role model from films that we've discussed and beyond? Well, there's a few other ones that spring to mind, actually, that we perhaps haven't mentioned, like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Honestly, wonderful, wonderful example. And then there's um, Sarah from Labyrinth. Absolutely. Um, but the one that, I, that really comes to mind for me is Pi from a film called Whale Rider from mm. 2002, yes. New Zealand film, uh, which is a, a drama about a young girl who wants to prove to her grandfather that she's got what it takes to become the tribal leader, uh, following a long line of eldest sons who are descended from a great warrior called Pikeir, who, according to a legend, arrived in New Zealand on the back of a whale. Um, if you're looking for a film to really stir your emotions, uh, Whale Ride is the one that I would recommend. And particularly if you enjoyed the Disney animation uh, Moana, this would make a really good double bill with that and film. And what's the classification for Whale Rider? It's a PG for mild bad language and emotional intensity because as I've sort of alluded to, some of the scenes in Whale Rider are quite upsetting uh, and by the end it is rather a tearjerker. Thank you so much to uh, Lucy and Ben for coming on the podcast. I think it's safe to say that we've given the uh, listeners a healthy selection of wonderful female leads for their young ones or just themselves. Um, Don't forget, you can tell us what you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast by emailing us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk or tweeting us at bbfc. We also have our Facebook page and you can like the page. It's British Board of Film Classification and you can see a regular stream of interesting case studies and recommendations on there. And if you want our ratings info on the go or just a new place to listen to our dulcet tones, you can download our app from the App Store and Google Play. Additionally, we are also on Spotify if you'd like to find the podcast on there. Um, We'll be back soon with another look at BBFC classifications past and present. Goodbye.